Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Town Sounds Oral History Podcast, celebrating the musical heritage of Kirklees. I'm Sam Hodgson, and this episode is entitled Sing of Ling and Roses, Kirklees Choirs Through the Ages. Just before we start, I'll say that in the description of this episode, you should be able to find the show notes, script, links, and names that are mentioned throughout. So if you want any more information, just check out the description. In the show notes, there are also links to the choirs that are mentioned in this episode. They're always looking for new members. In this episode, we'll learn about local choirs. We'll hear from the conductor of the Huddersfield Community Gospel Choir and the Cone Valley Male Voice Choir, who are Edwin Baker and Tom Meredith. And I'll speak to Anne Tallboys, a member of the Honley Ladies Choir, and John Raymond Ellis from the Cone Valley Male Voice Choir as well as Michael Drapen, who has been championing Ukrainian singing in Huddersfield since the 1970s. Finally, there will be a special announcement from Dr. Bert Jindal to finish the episode off. The people that are talking in this podcast hold singing in high regard as a way to express something about themselves or about their culture. There were a couple of times where the children would say, hey, Mr. Drapen, will you sing a song in assembly for us? And I sang in front of 400 kids and 30 odd staff, two or three folk songs in Ukrainian, just to show them that I still held that, in, that it was important to my life. Singing connects to most of us in some way. Perhaps you sing, maybe in the car when no one can hear you, or maybe as the cliche goes in the shower. Maybe you hum sweet songs whilst walking to work. Maybe you're even in a choir. Or you do some karaoke once in a while. Maybe, just maybe you'd like to get even more involved in singing than you already are. Well, if so, this podcast is definitely for you. A podcast episode about singing. And I'll be talking to some of the advocates championing singing in the area. We'll be told by local singers just how important singing is for health, well-being and community. And we'll find out about some of the changes that have happened throughout the years to singing in Kirklees. Now, it would be impossible to talk about every choir or singing group in Kirklees for this podcast, because there is absolutely loads of them. There are large choirs, small choirs, old, young, formal, casual, some follow a long tradition of one musical genre, others are very fluid and diverse, some are only for men, others only for women. Most of them, I'm guessing, probably are mixed. There are choirs in hospices, choirs in hospitals, choirs in community centres, choirs in churches, and temples and choirs that meet up outside. Sometimes people just get together and sing once or twice and then never sing together again. There are choirs and people singing in groups all over Kirklees and all the time because singing is part of the human tradition, part of the human spirit, part of human history. So before we learn about the very, very small number of choirs that we'll cover in this podcast. Let us first hear from some of our guests and their history with singing. This is Edwin Baker talking about his mum and his dad. Coming from a Caribbean background, you listen to all, you know, whether it be reggae, whether it be calypso, whether it be soul, whether it be ska, whether it be, you know, because you hear it, you'd hear it all around. He always sang. And they'd always sang him from way back in, in Karakou. So, you know, when they came here, they sang in quartets and stuff like that. Also because they just enjoyed singing. They, they performed at the church, but they, they, they sang at work dues. They sang at working men's clubs. 
uh, other events. Because they'd sing, you know, Negro spirituals, all that kind of stuff. From my mum's side, every single one of my mum's brothers, and she had seven or eight, were played in either a band or were involved in the music industry. From, from a personal perspective, there's no way I could turn where music wasn't there. Yeah. You know, because it's one of those things that they, they really insisted on, on us as children doing is learning the songs and learning to, to sing and, you know, harmonies and all that kind of stuff. So we sang as a family as well. Music is the thread that <laughs> has run from the day I was born to now. It's, it's, the music has always been there. the Huddersfield Community Gospel Choir singing This Little Light of Mine. Edwin's enthusiasm for singing comes from his lifelong experiences. Singing was passed on by his parents and it's part of his tradition. Singing, it seems, was in Edwin's bones from a very early age. He was born in Crossland Moor. His parents were from Karakou and moved to Huddersfield in 1959. Edwin has been singing from a young age and he also studied the violin for 10 years. But I guess that's a whole other story. His brother was the first black boy in Huddersfield to pass the 11 plus, and the first black person to enter the Mrs. Sunderland Music Competition, a festival that was discussed in episode one of this podcast series. Edwin wasn't the only one of this episode's guests that indicated that their love for singing was pretty much inevitable. Singing runs deep within the lives and the cultures of a few of our episode's guests. Here is Tom Meredith, the conductor of the Cone Valley Male Voice Choir. I was very lucky being sort of steeped in music from an early age. My, both my parents, they were great music lovers and in fact they met at the Gilbert and Sullivan Society and they wanted all their children to, to have some sort of musical background. So I'm one of five children. In fact, there was one time when I think we were all learning two instruments. So the practice at our house was absolutely manic, you know, and we were all trying to fight for space to, uh, to do some practicing. And it was about that time when I sort of started doing uh, a lot more singing because singing had always been something I'd, I'd loved doing. And I was a member of, um, right from being, I think, sort of eight years old, a member of what's called Leeds Youth Opera Group. Tom's and Edwin's experience then, although from a different culture and a different musical form, has many similarities. An enthusiasm from their parents which led to a lifelong involvement in music from early childhood. Before our guests tell us more about their choirs, let us hear one more oral history of a musical childhood, this time from Michael Drapen. Because all our parents are from an area of Ukraine, western Ukraine, called Galicia. In Ukrainian it's called Halichina. It's all very agricultural, so most of them come from agricultural backgrounds. Their lives revolved around singing in the fields. The women in particular would sing beautiful folk songs and then at the end of a, a hard day's work, they'd meet up in the villages and they'd sing songs together till late at night. And our parents are brought up on singing. They, sing, they sang at every opportunity. They sang in the bar. They sang when they were making food in the kitchen, when they were doing communal dinners. They sang on the coaches. They loved nothing more 
than singing beautiful Ukrainian folk songs. They had this wonderful three-part harmony. And so from an early time, singing was part of our lives. By listening to our parents, we learned how to sing these folk songs. That music is a traditional Ukrainian folk song performed by Trio Solovecki. Sisters, Donya and Olenka, and their cousin, Natalka. We heard from Michael there that singing is part of everyday life. It can make up the soundtrack of doing normal things. But of course, when we think of choirs, there's a formality attached to the singing. Everyone gets together on purpose to sing the same song at the same time. <laughs> or at least we hope. Choirs are a more deliberate action, a rehearsed version of communal singing. And traditionally, it's been religion which acts as the segue between singing for fun and deliberately practicing songs together for a purpose. Michael, Edwin, and another of our guests have something to say about the use of choral music in church. Michael first. They sing in church. Our Byzantine-style Catholic masses involved singing uh, wonderful harmonised choral-type songs in church. Currently, with my wife, lead the singing uh, at the Ukrainian mass every month. So I could, I've continued that tradition and still do that in Ukrainian. John Raymond Ellis from the Cone Valley Male Voice Choir also noted church as a focal point of his musical influence. It was mainly church music, uh, you know, I sort of went to Sunday school and went to church and joined the chapel choirs, Sunday morning and evening and a Thursday night rehearsal. Christian songs, family gatherings, ended up around the piano always. So my mother, importantly, uh, was always keen for me to do something in music. I, I learnt the violin and she contended that it took three years before I got on in tune. The church hasn't always been 100% welcoming of all singers, as Edwin explains here. When my parents first arrived, of course, the church was predominantly white, and then more and more black people were coming, and because there's such a large Karakou community in, in Huddersfield, so of course, the black numbers grew. Sad to say that the, the white membership then sort of dwindled away. You got some guys who really loved the, you know, the integration and all the rest of it. There was others who just didn't like it and went elsewhere sort of thing. But that didn't stop people from going to church. Um, well, my family were a very religious family, so, you know, the, the majority of the music that, that was listened to in our house was religious music. It was primarily gospel. We were Seventh-day Adventists, so we went to church on a Saturday. Singing was one of those things that people just wanted, to, want, really wanted to do. It was something they really enjoyed. You didn't have to coax people, or, come on, you know, all that kind of stuff, which you tend to have to do now. People just sang just for the joy and the love of singing. 
In 2009, Edwin formed the Huddersfield Community Gospel Choir. The Huddersfield Community Gospel Choir's mission is to bring diverse audiences together through life-affirming roots and gospel music. They perform concerts, lead workshops, and carry out other community-based activities, always seeking to uplift, enrich, and educate. Edwin Baker, who we've just heard talking, is the leader and founder. The choir started, well, back in 2008, I got a request from Kirklees Council. Would I be willing to run some gospel workshops during Black History Month? You know, for a couple of weeks, it's not, not a problem. I didn't know either what to expect or more importantly, how many people would turn up. But pleasantly, there were about 20 or so people turned up for over the two nights for these sessions. And all I really did was introduce them to a little history of black gospel music. And then we spent most of the time me just teaching them some really simple, basic tunes that they m may be familiar with. Or I've heard that somewhere, but you know, but did that sort of thing. So when we'd finished, can't we continue? Well, and in the end, I succumbed and said, right, I'll tell you what, I'm not doing it every week. So let's do it every other week for an hour. Let's just meet and I can just teach you more songs and just get to sing. So that was the beginning. And we went on probably for a year, 2009. And because the individuals, you know, they've got families, they've got kids, you know, the numbers sort of dwindled and dwindled and dwindled. And it was getting really difficult I'm thinking, mm, you know, continue doing this with just a handful of people, is it worth it? And I remember I was sat in my office thinking, right, this will be the last week we do this. And something just said to me, why don't you put an advert in the, the examiner? And also, why don't you just send an email to the music department, the uni, see if any students are interested? Don't know where that thought came from, but it came. And I did it straight away. Well, to my utter amazement and surprise to this day, within 45 minutes, I had probably a dozen students contact me saying, yeah, 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 when do, you, when do you rehearse? Yeah, we'll be there on Tuesday. On that first Tuesday after the advert, they all turned up. I must have had another half a dozen to maybe eight who responded to the examiner advert. And from that day, we never looked back. All walks of life, in fact, the majority of the members are white. There are individuals from various churches. We even have Muslim members. We've had, the youngest we've probably had is about 15. I think it was about 77.
That was the Huddersfield Community Gospel Choir singing an original song with Rob Bradley at Huddersfield's Onwards Festival, which took place in September 2022. Edwin's choir, as we've just heard, is very diverse, a huge range, a mix of backgrounds and religions, as well as the non-religious too. The people come together through the joy of singing and music, and everybody is welcome. And as we've just heard with the Rob Bradley song there, the music doesn't even have to be strictly gospel. Other choirs have a few more restrictions. This is the Cone Valley Male Voice Choir with Pratty Flowers, i.e. the Home Firth Anthem. formed in 1922 uh, in Slathwaite, which is the next village uh, on the valley from where I live. Conductor of our chapel choir was the conductor of the Mill Voice Choir up until he died in 1968. So, and he did probably 40 odd years conducting the choir. Well, there are four voices, uh, you know, the normal male voices of uh, two tenors and two basses, the basses are baritones and bass, and the tenors are uh, tenor one and tenor two, uh, relating to the uh, vocal range. And generally, they, they, each, each of those four parts can split into two on uh, several occasions. Well, the choir sings all sorts. We've uh, uh, just got a selection of, uh, you know, more modern songs, if you like, Freddie Mercury and Queen songs. Oh yeah, we do traditional things. When we enter competitions, we've, we've uh, done well in competitions over the years. That was John Raymond Ellis discussing the Cone Valley Male Voice Choir. The conductor he mentioned there was George Stead, who led the choir for 44 years. In fact, the choir has an outstandingly stable history of conductors. In the hundred years of its existence, a mere three conductors have seen it through 95 years, and another three through the other five. In 1989, auditions for its sixth conductor took place. In steps, 23-year-old Tom Meredith. No longer 23, here he is speaking to me back in 2022. I mean, I, I've now been with the Melrose Choir for... 33 years so yeah it was that they I mean they took a quite a brave step because they appointed me when I was 23 appointing a, a young person to take a, take them over I think they were thinking we need to make sure we're keeping sort of fresh uh, ideas coming into the choir choir is actually um, having its centenary year um, later this year it's looking back at some of the, the pieces that they have performed in the past thing some of them you just you wouldn't go near some some you know musical taste change but also what's acceptable changes um, and you know when you've been performing spirituals as a, a largely white male 
well organization you perform spirituals nowadays it just doesn't feel quite right to do that sort of thing you know it's it's not um, uh, it's not particularly where I see the future lying so it's been you know gradually changing repertoire moving forward and uh, uh, you know just doing things that are appropriate from Elvis Christ to sing but also quite new and, and, uh, and experimental and exciting. Tom also helped start a new branch of the Male Voice Choir, the Cone Valley Boys. And so with the Male Voice Choir, we decided about 12 years ago that we'd set up Cone Valley Boys. And that was a, 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 an organisation for, for lads who wanted to have a sing, no auditioning or anything like that, just come along, have a sing, and uh, hopefully we support them and give them something that's an alternative thing for them to do as they're, as they're growing up. And that has continued, those those boys, uh, lots of them are still singing, in fact some of them have actually joined the male voice choir now, so we're sort of getting a, a younger element coming into the, into the male voice choir so that hopefully those sorts of traditions continue uh, into the future. And, um, and I think having the boys choir as well, the boys tend to do a lot of you know, contemporary um, popular music. And therefore, when we do joint concerts, the Male Voice Choir learns some of the, the stuff that the boys are doing and they're able to, um, to link together. There is a Male Voice Choir in the Cone Valley and there is a Female Voice Choir in the Next Valley. This is a 2020 recording of the Honley Ladies Choir recorded remotely during lockdown. Here they are singing a recreation of the 15th century hymn Noel Novelette, or Sing We Now of Christmas. Um, it was formed in 1952. Um, it became, um, it was Honley Towns Women's Guild Choir before that, um, but its its inaugural inaugural concert was in 1952, and since that time, um, it's it's uh, flourished, and it's now a, a female choir of we have 80 80 ladies on the books. And at concerts, we regularly turn out 60 or 70, 65, 70 people. So it's a big choir. Anne had been listening to the choir for a few years and always really enjoyed what they did. She had spoken several times to her family about how she would like to join and do some singing, but she never really had the time, a common problem. She was a head teacher at a large secondary school. But in 1996, Anne's husband found out that the choir had an open evening. And it just so happened that Anne had a rare night off. Uh, but I went and I have never looked back. And it is an absolutely wonderful experience. And Thursday evenings are sacrosanct in our house. And that, that's how important it is to me. Like the Cone Valley Male Voice Choir, Honley Ladies has made some changes over the years. I think the perception still of a lot of the music that goes on in Huddersfield is that it's a bit old-fashioned and fuddy-duddy and, you know, it's rather twee ladies singing in twee choirs, and it's not. We are really trying to break down that, that 
um, perception that a lot of people have of the fact that, you know, choir music or orchestral music or the festival or whatever is actually an old fuddy-duddy institution which isn't for them. And we are really trying to break that down, but it's difficult to break it down. All the, all the stuff that I'm involved in, understand that we've actually brought whatever into the 21st century and we're actually doing really exciting things. We are very much not an old-fashioned ladies' choir. You know, we we, we do um, amazingly different things. We hold massive extravaganzas in the town hall, and we are a very different choir from what one would expect of a you know a ladies' choir. We don't like the title anyway, but we've never been able to find a better one. That's the trouble. In my interview with Anne, she went on to discuss some of the impact that music has had on her life over the years. I have been brought up with music and my husband and I are both very keen musicians. We, we both sing. I play badly. Um, but we, we attend lots and lots and lots of music and drama events. We, we subscribe to the Huddersfield Choral, so we see everything that they do. Um, and we try to go to most of the concerts at the town hall. It, it's such an integral part of my life that it's difficult to say how it impacts. But I know that without music, without singing, without performing, without watching, my my life would be quite a sad life, really. It's There's something about music that that transports you, doesn't it? This topic of music as a key to well-being will be explored further throughout this podcast series in little sections. But each of my guests went on to say something about the impact singing and music had on their lives and well-being. Well, it's amazing, but I always look upon music as therapeutic and inspiring and uplifting. It sort of, uh, it can bring out just about any emotion you can think of. It can make you feel nostalgic. It can make you want to reminisce and cry and think about sad things in the past. But at the other sort of spectrum, you've got, it can bring you out of the doldrums. It can inspire, it can make you feel uplifted and happy and passionate. So that's what it does to me. It's very difficult to describe it. And uh, it uh, it can be, uh, uh, generally speaking, it's very good and it's very exciting. Just singing collectively, there's a sense of community, there's a sense of belonging, there's a reaffirmation of why I believe what I believe. When, when, when we're in performance, I'm so into it that I just get lost in it. I get lost in the, the, the music, I get lost in the emotion of it. That's what gospel, you've got to be in it. To finish off this episode of the Town Sounds Oral History Podcast, we will have an announcement from Dr. Bert Jindal of the Longwood Sings. I'll let him do the talking. Longwood Sing or Longwood Musical Festival was created by the community of Longwood in the late 1800s. It was a close-knit textile community and one of, this was one of the events that they gathered together uh, to have a, a sing on the hill. And in 1873, they built an amphitheatre which became the site for the sing. It's 150 years since the amphitheatre was built. Uh, the sing predates that. We are planning a number of events on the weekend. Singing uplifts um, the community and it helps you to 
to share it's it's hard to describe but it, it helps you to share that feeling of common humanity that we are uh, we're all here um, and we're all struggling through life um, and we have the opportunity to stand on the hill to sing our hearts out to share that humanity and that's what's you know um, so wonderful about it so we're planning to do quite a few events around the weekend of the sing which will be sunday the 10th of september um, 2023 An appropriate song to sing us out, the Cone Valley Male Voice Choir singing the Irish Blessing, Until We Meet Again. Well, thank you for listening to another podcast in our 12-part series exploring a wide range of Kirklees music scenes. I hope you enjoyed it. The conversations heard in this podcast were recorded by me and Mandeep Samra over 2021 and 2022 for the Town Sounds Oral History Project. Full recordings of the conversations are available at the West Yorkshire Archive Service. The conversations recorded for the Oral History Project include those with people from a wide range of musical disciplines. For example, handbell ringing, rock and roll, reggae, steel pan, hip-hop, dubstep, jazz and traditional musics from India, Pakistan, Ukraine, Ireland, Poland, Bosnia, England, Kurdistan and Iran. You've been listening to the Town Sounds Oral History Podcast. This has been episode 2, Sing of Lingon Roses. We will be back with another episode in the near future, so keep your eyes peeled on social media. Follow Let's Go Yorkshire and Sam H. Song on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. This was a Let's Go Yorkshire and Sam H. Song production. The host and producer was Sam Hudson. The podcast has been supported by Kirklees Council, Kirklees Year of Music 2023 and the National Lottery Heritage Fund. Town Sounds explores the musical histories of Kirklees to uncover untold stories through the voices of local people living musical lives. For more information on this podcast, please visit musicinkirklees.co.uk.